You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. All right, you're listening to the Sawn Outdoors podcast. This is episode number six. Doesn't really have a title. Yeah, it's <laughs> we'll just figure something of, out. Yeah. This is McCade Cox. This is Ian Duclos. And Zach Mikesell. So we dinked around the other night when we first got the new podcast gear. Just kind of BSed for like a good 40 minutes or something. Yeah, we just... I think I did see a little bit of that. But... uh we just decided to meet up with Zach today and actually kind of really give it a full test. I think the audio test. clarity is awesome. I do too. Yeah. No more leaning up to the mic perched on a stool. Make sure you're speaking into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't turn and talk. Lean forward. Yeah. This is just yeah we can now even just look at each other. Yeah. Now I just feel like an airline pilot. You look like an airline pilot. That's what we were talking about. Like we were like, I feel like I should be in an Apache helicopter with like a 50 cal <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're two boys. <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. Uh, and they're definitely nice. Nice on the ears. Really nice. What kind of leather we got going here. Oh, it's a... Uh, it's mold um, <laughs> Red Real stag. Mm. Muskox. Muskox. Merino wool. It's got to be merino if we're in the hunting industry. That would be itchy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's merino these days. Yes, sir. So, yes, we were just talking a minute ago about shed hunting this year, because I am itching to get out. Um, Zach and I went and glassed up some deer last weekend, because the weather kind of put a damper on our hike, and they were way high. Let's not mention that last weekend you were late as well. I was. If you would have been on time, we probably could have got a good hour, hours hike in, mm-hmm. but we, we won't bring that up could have. to full we, detail. We won't bring up that McCade loves to sleep. Or the reason why he needed that sleep. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> well then. But yeah, all the deer are super high. I'm sure that's yeah. how it is around the rest of the state. Did you hear that in Colorado, you're going to have to have a license to shed hunt this year? Like you have to draw? No, I think you just have to buy like a permit. Oh, you have to buy it. So it's not just an online course, print it off, you're good to go. You actually have to buy a permit. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that because I live in Colorado. That's because you you had to tell me. I don't know. Last night I was watching a couple, you know, videos on YouTube and started off with just watching hunting videos from... This past fall, and then you know, shed hunting video would pop up, and so I started watching it. And I feel like the huge, huge wave of shed hunting and then making videos of it is kind of come and gone. People actually still shed hunting, still there, but I feel like the super high popularity of I mean, Tines Up doesn't post too much video anymore than shed hunting, but I mean, I don't know. I was just like watching it, and I was just like. Man, everything, I don't see any new stuff. 
even from last year, there wasn't like a huge choice to choose from. That's just an observation. There were like, I yeah, there's just like a few channels that did some big stuff. Yeah. Well, last year was tricky because the shed ban in Utah. That's true. That mm-hmm. nobody wanted to post anything if they were out there cheating and <laughs> going yeah, early. That's true. Yeah. And then when we did actually get to go out, we didn't find very many horns because they'd all been picked up by the poachers. Right. Right. That's true. But it's still cool, though. There was one video I watched where, you know, boot tracks everywhere. The guy was really discouraged, and then he still ended up finding six browns. That definitely was not our video. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it, it's just, it was just kind of neat to see that it's true. I mean, I always doubting it because I'm like, gosh, oh, boot tracks everywhere. I'm not going to find a flipping thing. I never do. Maybe it's because I get so negative about it that I'm really not looking. I'm assuming everything's picked up, but this guy, he's like, man, there's boot tracks everywhere, but I'm just going to keep going, and boom, 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 within about two hours, he found six browns. Well, remember when you and Rocky and I went out to Nevada last year, there was that truck there already, um, and we decided to go anyway, Yeah, and I ended up finding, we found a few horns on that trip. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, They didn't find anything. No, they didn't. They didn't find anything. Just because there's boot tracks doesn't mean you're... Or because there are tracks doesn't mean you're not going to find anything, but yeah, I think I have never actually really gone out and been diligent or disciplined enough to be like, okay, I'm going to go up, check the deer. It's always like, I always say I'm going to do that. And then it's like, oh crap, it's, it's end of February. Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Saturday morning. I don't know. Do you do mornings? Oh, I go Saturday evening. I do. I do mornings. (laughs) Trust me, if I can kick this freaking cold. <laughs> the I'm very going first, to the gym at 4.30 in the on, morning. Hold on, let's let's go back to that trip with Rocky. The very first time I had ever done anything with you outside of treating you in the therapy clinic. Hey, meet at our house at 4, or meet at my house at 4. Rocky's driving up tonight. We're gonna He'll stay the night at my house, meet at 4, and we'll take off to Nevada. 4 o'clock, call McCade. I'm in his driveway. <laughs> there is not a light on. There is not any sign of activity. Like, did he leave already? Like, 4.15, he finally calls me back. Uh, I just woke up. I don't know if Rocky's awake or not. And then, I think Rocky was awake. He just didn't know how to wake you up. You can't wake him up. I know, that's you what can't. he told me. That's yeah. what he told me. <laughs> Every ski trip we ever went on through high school was exactly <laughs> like that morning you're describing. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can bust out all kinds of other stories, but uh, I like to sleep, and I still get stuff done, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Well, and then when we went up to, what was it, up to Jeff's house up in Summit County, Mm -hmm. you're like, hey, let's watch some, you know, some YouTube videos just to kind of wind down and whatever, and I'm like, man, I'm tired, and you're like, I just think you're a night owl. I am. I am not a morning person. I'm a night owl. Yeah. But... And then that's what amazes me when you told me this week, yeah, I got up at 4.30 and went to the gym. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Who does that to themselves? Who stole McCade's phone? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I, was, I was blown away. But anyways, sorry. No, no worries. No worries. I like to sleep. But yeah. I mean, you were ready to go when we did go look for a deer a couple weekends ago. See? You were, yeah, kind of redeemed yourself. You were always <laughs> awake for my mom's elk hunt well because you're freezing when it really matters no i was not freezing <laughs> it was cold but i was not freezing oh 
just the thought of having to like put my clothes on, staying in the <laughs> canvas cutter, being so cold. Oh, it just gives me. You know what the hardest part is? It's just that first like five seconds when you unzip the bag and like crawl out of it. That's the hardest part. Once you're out, you're already cold. Like, and your your body's like, oh yeah, this is cold. It's not the this is still warm, but I'm getting cold. Yeah, <laughs> that shock to the body. Yeah. I started like slowly pulling clothes into my bag yeah, and like letting them warm up for like 10 minutes while I lay there, Yeah, work on my attitude before I get out, you know? <laughs> well, I know there's people that do that all night. They'll just take the next day's clothes, stuff them to the bottom. They'll sleep with them all night. So then they're warm. But I think by far the worst thing about getting up early on a cold morning is sticking your feet in your boots. Oh yeah. Like if you're backcountry hunting and you don't have That's like, it was nice of my mom's hunt because we had a. Mr. Buddy Heater, turn it on. I'd set my alarm, wake up, turn it on, set it again for 15 minutes later, and then it was warm. Had my boots placed in front of it, so they were nice and warm. But when you're, like, up on the mountain camping. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like to set up, you know, if I'm camped by my truck or something, I like to just throw them in the front seat and then have the floor heater come on Just start yeah. my truck for 10 minutes or something. I just stick the boots over the dual exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> And your feet smell like exhaust. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I don't find anything. They smell me coming. <laughs> Is that uh, your masking technique? You're trying to cover up your bad foot odor? Yep, that's exactly it. All that carbon foot monoxide odor, just yeah. kills every piece of bacteria <laughs> inside the boot, and you're good to go. No, I I remember reading, I got into reading, like I, was, I think it was the year, was it the year? I think it was the year before. Um, I had my big sportsman's hunt, but I started like, oh, I'm going to, Mike Geisman has like a mule deer hunting tactics book or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to read it. Got it. So I ordered it. Do you have it? Yeah, I just got it for Christmas. Yeah. It's I a good it book. Oh, what? You got to read it. I will. It's awesome. Um, but anyways, he talks about a little bit and different hunting strategies and he talks about backcountry hunting. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I always overpack if I'm backcountry hunting and that's my <laughs> yeah. biggest issue yep. he'd be like no i just wear the same clothes day in and day out i sleep in my clothes i never took them off i just i was just like i can't sleep like that can't either but i wish i could it'd make my life a heck of a lot easier yeah. but, but what about man, the argument there's a lot of people i know that will actually hike the mountain in just regular like street clothes or whatever you know but not yeah. their camo and then they keep their camo in their bag so they don't sweat in it yeah but my thing my one thought on that is it's freaking hot during the boat hunt all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You're going to sweat in it anyway. Sweating on everything. So what's the difference? True. <laughs> I I would, I mean, you're going to sweat, that's for sure. But I would think that if you're up on a ridge and you're camped, the next morning you put on a fresh set of camo, you're going to sweat, but I probably not as much. I mean, you might just be walking the ridge. I don't know. It just, yeah. I can tell you, I was up at 10,000 feet this year on the bow hunt, and it was like 100 degrees, <laughs> and we were sweating no matter what we were doing. We were it's just nothing, hiking the ridge tops. Nothing you can do in, in August. Oh, it sucks. Well, that's what's going to be scary about this year in Utah, at least. Yeah. There's no water. No water. We just start doing our snow dances. Yeah. Something. I mean, you look outside my window, it's, what's today? 13th it looks like march yeah. out there yeah it does like i'm actually waiting for the trees to start budding it's like nice. it's, and they they might they, yeah, they well might could. and then because it's there's no snow on my lawn there's anywhere. no snow in the mountains i know we we're looking at them on the way up and i was like 
the crap. <laughs> yeah. The deer is still hanging out about like 8,000 feet right now. Yeah, the deer there. Elk, that means find elk sheds. You're going to have to go to the peaks of the peaks. Shh, don't tell her. My bad. <laughs> You're going to have to hunt the, low the Great hills. Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not the, and I'm not the greatest shed hunter. In fact, I am a horrible shed hunter. I am a fantastic shed hiker, but I don't find a lot of sheds and it pisses me off, but I think it's because I don't prepare well. Like I said, I don't go look and see where they've been wintering. So then it's just a, eh. Like guessing the elevation you'd be at. Let's go with this draw. Looks like an easy hike. That's how I've been so far. And I haven't done a lot of it either. Most of it is with you. I am I not a shed hunter either, but I like to find them. I like the, I like the thought of me being a shed hunter. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I like perfect example when I was going to school in St. George. Me and um, my buddy Colby, there we would spend a lot of time up on Penguin Lake, and we could never find, or we did, we would find the elk. And we would try to find all their sheds, and we found a couple sets, but nothing big, nothing like the bigger bulls we had seen. And there was a lot of snow up there. And then the ne- the following fall, he had moved back up home, so Tisha became my hunting buddy for that year. And I drew a deer tag, and I just begged Tisha. I was like, let's hike to the very top. Let's hike to the very top. I'd never been to this um, particular point. Sandy Peak is what it's called down on Penguin Lake. You can look over into Penguin in like upper lower bear valley area anyways got to the top and i'm not even kidding you right on top there's just a perfect little cutout bed where elk have bedded and there's there's just a set laying there side by side 335 inch set i was just like wow i'm highly underestimating the toughness of elk and you hear people do it all say it all the time but that was my first like legitimate experience with it yeah it, they live in some nasty stuff even during the winter. Yeah. And they're built for it. Absolutely yeah. built for all that. Just so crazy because if you know the history of elk, elk were a plains, like a grassland animal. They mm-hmm. lived in the flats. Well, I was listening to an old meat eater podcast yesterday and I forget who the guy was, but he's got this book, um, American Serengeti, I think is the book, which I'm definitely going to go check out. But he was talking about, he's done all this extensive research, and he's, he's talking about how there's always that argument that elk were just a plains animal. But he kind of makes the argument, well, there's a range that elk lived in, and inside that range was you know, mountains as well. Mm. So maybe elk weren't just a plains animal, maybe they were everywhere. Were some. And the only ones that really lasted were the ones that were already in the mountains. Or the ones sure. that moved up and adapted to to that lifestyle. That's true. Versus just being a giant plains animal. But I don't know. But I'm going to read that book. Well, it's interesting because you hear, you know, when they massacred all the buffalo and almost made those extinct, you never hear anybody massacring a bunch of elk. At least I don't remember that in history class. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe there were a lot more higher up in the mountains than yeah. you credit for, you know. I don't know if I was back then. I'd rather shoot an elk, I think, than a buffalo. Because buffalo were a dime a dozen. I don't That's what it seems. More, like. of, a tr- more be, of a trophy for you? Be, yeah. You'd be hunting for a different, totally different reason. I'd be a gatherer. Oh, really? Gather. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would gather elk. <laughs> go gather elk and put them in a pen. Mm-hmm. Honey, I'm going to go gather elk this weekend. 
Payback Sunday. I was gather vegan. buffalo skins. I would have been a vegan gatherer. I'd gather, a gather nuts of and vegans. berries and gather, vegetables. Gather a whole bunch of vegans and eat them? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. No offense. Vegans, vegans. Back, vegans back then were elk. No, I have a coworker, and she is vegetarian. I would be the worst vegetarian in the world. Because right off meat? the bat. Well, I love meat, but I just, I didn't know... I mean, I, they were making fun of me because I just didn't think about it. They're like, wow, Zach. Because I was like, well, let me Google how to be a vegetarian. They're like, you just don't eat meat. And I'm like, well, there's got to be steps. And like, there's all these articles on how to like wean yourself off. Like, first stop eating red meat and then stop eating this. The last meat that you should be eating is probably chicken. But I didn't know that you didn't eat chicken broth. Yeah, if you nothing. Were a vegetarian. Nothing. I didn't know that. Animal related. Because I was like being serious. I was like, hey, I have an actual awesome paleo soup recipe for you. And they go, like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, it calls for kielbasa. I said, but you don't need to cook that. I said, it's got, you know, carrots, onions, celery, spinach, chicken broth. She's like, nope. I'm like, what? She's like, I can't have chicken broth. I'm like, why? She's like, because it comes from meat. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I would be horrible. You could make a vegetable stock, though. Yeah. I'd probably make the same soup. That's what she said. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Vegetable stock. So do mm. it happens. Do vegans ever just quit cold turkey? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been saved now for the oh, last oh, man. Oh. <laughs> That's the first time I heard it, so you got me. <laughs> uh, but there I mean, I can I'll tip my hat to him. I I I won't. <laughs> I love I'm, meat. Well, I'm just saying, I would not be able to do that. And that would take, to me, unless, like, the, the reason why they're doing it is because they watched a horrible video on how cattle are, are like harvested. That, that one video of, like, the, the pig getting, like, cut up while it's alive kind of thing. Yeah. Is that one dude? Well, there was, there was a video that kind of affected me, not to the point where I'm like, I'm going to stop eating meat, but it was actually really sad. And it was, they have a lineup of cattle. And it looked like a big warehouse, and there was just a little trap door. And so it'd rise, one cattle would go in, they'd have this metal grate, and then they'd grab the cow, rotate, turn it upside down. They would take like a prune, a bush pruner, one of those things, cut its jugular, Whoa. so then it's bleeding. And then in the meantime, they'd take, they're taking hooks and hooking up, just like you would hang a deer from a tree, and pull the cow up, and it's just sitting there, just flailing around, and it is just bleeding out. And I was just like... That is the most disturbing video I've ever seen in my that life. That can't be in America. No. There's the like, way I know they killed not. in America is that it's a pneumatic yeah, thing, that's... and it just, right in the forehead. Yeah. Boom, it kills them instantly. Well, it's like a like a ram set, right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Not, but either way, I can see if people really wanted to Google stuff, they could, they'd see some really demented videos. Oh, you can see some nasty stuff. That's why hunting is so much better. I mean, you get a... You shoot an animal properly. We try to do like it that. more ethically. Yeah. It doesn't always work out, in our, yeah. in, you know, the way you want it to. But I think most hunters strive for that. But in my mind, it's like these cattle have nowhere to go. These deer yeah. and elk can, they can wind you. They can leave. They can escape. They can do whatever. I don't know. I just, when I saw that video, I was just like, oh, holy cow. And that's always my argument with patience. When they're like, you hunt. Oh, you murderer. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I've taken many lives. As many lives but as I thought I... Have you ever heard, I like, take. a field of broccoli screaming when they're ripping it out of the ground? Like, that is just It's high-pitched squealing. <laughs> That's what I... Yeah. So, I don't... Did, it's crazy. Wasn't it just, like, this last year, like, they did, like, some more research and discovered that 
plants actually feel. Yes. When mm-hmm. and, and so like when they rip them out of the ground and stuff, they actually feel it. Like, well, if you like throw a cactus into a fire, doesn't it scream? That's black widows. And I don't know. Sand puppies and sand puppies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I'm seeing some experiments here in the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're 12 years old and you found a big lighter. Yeah. And you've heard rumors. You've, it's actually, you got to test these yeah, things. Actually, thinking back on mine was outdoor survival in junior high and sand puppies, and we just like put it on a shovel and held it over fire. And I was just like, oh. What's a sand puppy? It's like they're crazy. horrible looking little creatures. Oh my gosh. They have like a big rear end, but they're like, I don't know how to explain them. Really. I don't either. It's, there's nothing that looks like it's it. It's all Google. Yeah, but it, I actually felt really, really horrible about it. Like, I. It's like as soon as you know that something feels, yeah. you feel bad. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how. But everyone's like, "Well, then how can you, how can you kill deer and elk?" And and I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know why I don't feel that way." Like, for me, for whatever reason, I do not have a problem, um, going hunting with hounds and treeing a mountain lion and harvesting a mountain lion. Do you eat mountain lion? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. I've never no tried it. Never tried it. I've heard it's good. I would try it. But I've tried bear. I don't want to go get my own. Bear's really chewy. But see, but that's what I'm saying. My dad um, had a bear tag, a sportsman's bear tag. Just, you know, got to throw that out there. We're putting in with you this year. Yeah. Can I put I'm telling you, it's my mom's, mom's credit card. I'm using your mom's credit card. Every this year. big tag we've ever drawn as a family suit with my mom's credit card. Using it. No but model. whenever, I mean, I've, I think I've been a part of like three or four actual bear kills using hounds and for whatever reason walk up to the tree and i don't know if it's the look of a bear or whatever i'm just like oh my gosh i tell tisha my wife it's because i married her and her little thoughts and her little sayings that she has rubbing off on me but i'm like man this is kind of sad it's because you associate with a teddy bear right it's probably true i just picture (laughs) it like reaching up for honey yeah see toys have totally sensitized people yeah. is that a that over 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 sensitized over unsensitized over undesensitizing no but like think about it like people thought like lions were all cuddly too because oh siegfried and roy have them in this show and they do all this thing and they make stuff animals King, you know like everyone loves simba well, we can ask siegfried and roy how they feel about lions, lions now, now. <laughs> yeah. or are they tigers, they tigers. Yeah, they tigers. you know what i mean same it's still have. illegal to shoot tigers, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, I think if I were to spot and stalk a bear, like in Idaho on a spring bear hunt, spot and stalk, I'd be a heck of, um, I, I could probably do that. But man, walking up on a tree and just seeing a bear just sitting there, like, okay, get it over with. Hurry. <laughs> I'm done running. You guys have run me out of energy. Get it over with. But a mountain lion, I don't know why, but I'm like, yeah, kill it. <laughs> get it. But deer and elk, I've never had an issue either. But that's if you kill it eth- ethically, get a good shot on it. You don't have to see it, you know, suffer or anything. But yeah, the quick kill makes a big difference, I think. Yeah. Yep. Man, brought this down. Like Sorry, your, guys. like your, uh, was buck. He dropped. He did drop. He's still Tisha, my wife. Thinks it's the saddest thing in the world, but it, yeah, both shoulders and the heart. You gave a couple, att- made a couple attempts to keep.
keep going with his back legs, but he was just pushing point, dirt. At that point, it's probably mostly nerves going. Yeah. Hopefully just that fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah. But gosh, that's a beautiful deer. Good looking. Maybe it's a good looking deer. Uh, it was funny because after I shot the deer, um, I'd have people ask me like, so how do you feel about hunting now? Are you, have you scratched that itch or are you, you know, cause you're never going to top that deer or are you, are you kind of just like, well, kind of cool. I've got my ultimate trophy. I'm kind of done. And I think it just motivated me even more really because in high school I hunted, but sports were kind of my life. And then, um, then I started kind of getting into hunting and then slowly started, you know, got me a spotting scope and then I drew the tag and then I harvested the animals. So then I, I just felt like it was timing of it was just mainly motivated me more than anything. So now it's like, okay, now I want to kill a 180 inch general season mule deer. I mean, obviously I want to kill a 200 inch to cross that, but you got to set realistic goals, right? Yeah. Kill a 180, see a 200 incher. Okay. Like I'm not going to be one. Um, I ran into a guy actually this year in the fall and on a muzzleloader hunt and he's like, kind of, we kind of caught up to him. We didn't know he was there and he was just glassing on a ridge. He's like, if you want, he's like, you can glass with me. He's like, I'm not shooting anything less than 190. I'm like, holy crap. Like, wow. if you saw a 180 inch buck walk out, you're splitting hairs at that point. Like 10 mm, inches is, I, uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. 10 inches on that deer would not be that big of a difference. Yeah. If you take it off of every time. No, no I would not that difference. Yeah, no. no you, difference. All you'd have to do is just, well, it's eight on one side, eight on the other, including eye guards. You take an inch off each time, there's 16 inches, and that yeah. becomes a 225-inch mule deer. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it, I, I think that's cool, man, that like it, it only motivated you more, because I know that there are people on the other t- side of the, the table... And it, it might just be where they're at, you know, in their life. Um, but I know some a guy down in um, central Utah, and a few years ago he shot a 400-inch bull. And he said he's done hunting elk. And I just, like, I, it, like, I mean, it floored me when he said it. Man, yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's your that's your choice, that's your call. But I was like, just because you can't top it, like, did that that harvest totally just kill your drive for an enjoyment of hunt you know yeah well some people i think are just collecting trophies man and that's teach their own but yeah i mean there might be somebody out there who genuinely does not enjoy the hunt just is out there to get the biggest trophy he can get you know and like that guy's nephew he also killed a, a great big buck i don't know what it scored exactly but it's probably like 180s 190s buck and killed it when he was like 18, right? And it was like, everyone was like, oh, well, you know, your first first deer, big old freaking deer like that, you'll never top that. Guess you're done now. Yeah, it's like, well. Yeah, have you listened to everybody no. else? <laughs> you know, even, well, even with my first buck, everybody's like, holy crap, that's your first deer? Like, man, those don't come around very often, you know? And it's like, yeah. well, I hope not. <laughs> like, I hope that's. That's maybe a hundred and fifty inch buck. Like I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, these days, I, I don't know if I, I can honestly, I could not tell you if I saw that deer, I would let him walk. 
I'd probably be like, oh, I'm shooting it, you know, but I don't know. I'd but, like I mean, to, I'd like to think that I'm going to hold out and do that, but you still get excited seeing a deer like that. Oh, I got excited for this deer when I saw that. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we had a horrible rifle hunt, just bad things happened for wheelers not working, had to completely change up what I wanted to do. And so when I saw him, I was just like, that's it. I'm going to go take him. And then as we're hiking to cut the distance in half, you know, your blood starts to pump and you're starting to get, you yeah. know, adrenaline. And and so when we did, because we lost him for a few minutes, for about 20 minutes, we didn't know where he went. We're like, where did he go? How did he, he didn't know we were hiking up to him because we, you know, to us, we wind was blowing at us. We were downwind hiking up on the backside of the ridge he was on. And we get up to the top. He wasn't there. And we're like, what in the world? So we just kept hiking around. And all of a sudden, my dad, there he is. And boom, instant adrenaline rush. You know, you start shaking, trying to fumble, getting, you know, your your gun already, trying to get it set up. And then, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's not, it's not like a rush of, sweet, I got to kill something, obviously. It's just a, wow, I found it. I've worked for this. Yeah, like, I, it's cool. Like, he's, yeah. I saw him. I lost him relocated him and he knows all the ins and outs and he made a mistake and i caught him on his mistake kind of uh-huh. thing so i mean i don't know i i still get excited i i'd like to say okay yeah because i have killed a, a, a big deer it's like okay i can be a little bit more picky but to be honest with you i've already gone through half of my deer meat from this year and i'm like oh geez i can't be that picky i've got plenty yeah, yeah. let me know <laughs> okay i'll let you know but yeah it's like been using the smoker like crazy lately just smoking away smoking yeah. deer steaks smoking deer roasts and everything and do you have recipes you like to use you have a book or anything that you i don't have a book i kind of just in fact there was you know um eric chesser on hushin's um youtube channel just posted a, a simple recipe on on how to season some deer steaks and he went out to the pellet grill and smoked them a little bit he did it at like 350. I turned mine down to high smoke just to let it really smoke and did it. And then he also smoked asparagus and yams. And so I, I kind of just copied that same recipe and it was fantastic. I think I've done it three times since. In wow. fact, my wife obviously doesn't prefer deer meat to beef, loves it. She's like, oh, I'll eat deer meat every time if you do this. So I think I it makes know. a big difference how you cook it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it pretty good. I mean, but I've gone through a bunch of that deer meat. I mean, I have a bunch of elk burgers still. That burger gets old after a while. You yeah. can only eat so much. That's like, okay. I need a little bit different, but. Stephen Marilla did a, like a good looking meatloaf recipe. Oh. With some of his burger. You should check some of that out. Yeah. Get creative with burger. Yeah. I think oh that'd be great. Gosh. It had like yeah. provolone and spinach and stuff like stuffed inside of it. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. And I can't, I remember seeing a video or reading about a recipe, but taking like elk burger and dicing up some like bacon. And then you, you add like an, an egg to it just so it, cause elk so lean mm-hmm. it doesn't stick together. Right. But then taking some blue cheese crumbles and mm-hmm. putting it in there and then making your patties. So you got bacon and blue cheese in there with it. And I haven't that done that good. yet, Our but habanero aioli elk burgers were pretty Those are good. good. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Even your elk sausage, when we went scouting for my mom's, though, that was, man, <laughs> that was delicious. That was good. Those breakfast burritos. Oh, Those are good. Gosh. Yeah, you brought some up when uh, my dad and I were on the archery elk or uh, deer hunt. Yeah, Utah this year. 
And we had breakfast burritos. We never ate so good until McCade showed up. They were eating like freeze dried meat. Yeah, we, we had Mountain House and yeah. these little, never cooking over a fire. Didn't have a jet boil or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you're camping in a spot where you can bring all that stuff, man, eat you, good. You might as well eat, eat good. It, it does yeah. so much for your brain and your just like spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even like you just pre-make stuff, haul yeah. it up there. Yeah. You can, you make chili at home. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever, take it up there, heat it up. I mean, we ate pretty good on my mom's elk hunt too. You did a good job. But I'm so ready to uh, go hunting again. <laughs> I know. I just want to be back out there. <laughs> I just want to go eat camp food. <laughs> it's funny. But yeah. That, you work so hard to get in shape and then it's like hunting season starts and you actually put it on weight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't it's hunting is just fun it's fun to get out <laughs> like, it's just yeah walk I mean, around explore something new i think if your only motivation is to kill something you're not i mean i don't know then you'll kill the first the... thing you want yeah you see but to not be motivated to kill something if you're just out there to enjoy it the experience you, your success might go down if you're not actively trying yeah, to hunt. Yeah. exactly yeah i mean i am highly motivated to harvest something when I go. Yeah. But it is not, I'm not going to be like, I'm never hunting again kind of thing yeah. if I don't kill something because yeah. yes, I, you know, it got me outside. It got me into places that most people will never see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. If I didn't hunt, I could clearly see me being somebody who would hike to see all these different locations. Cause it's, it's awesome to, when you get there, oh, this, Opening day of the rifle hunt this year, I'm out hunting. I just went on my own, and all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there glassing, and all of a sudden, here comes six women. Not an ounce of orange on them. They're just hiking, and they get below me, and then I just kind of cough, and they're like, whoa, didn't see you. They're like, are you hunting? And I'm like, yes. Uh, Yeah. I'm hunting, and I said, and there's also probably 16 other hunters in this huge basin right now. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, have you seen anything? And I was like, I've seen a couple bucks, but... And uh, they're like, well, we want to get to this certain point. I'm like, well, to get there, you're probably going to have to walk past four or five different hunting partners or whatever. And I said, I don't know how they're going to take to you guys just kind of trudging through. I said, but it's public land. You can do what you do. I said, I would just highly recommend you put the brightest clothing you have on. One girl was in, yeah, like camel green shirt and black leggings or whatever and then another one was just you know in a in a red i can't remember what the brand was but it was a red shirt you know here are all these red leaved on oak brush you know and i'm just like holy crap you guys need to think this through next time but i don't know they were just out for the scenic hike you know yeah Which there's actually what i was doing is i didn't shoot anything that day so i was out for scenic hike as well awesome yeah, that's how the uh, the whole archery hunt was this last year. We we hunted over the mo- mem- uh, Memorial Day weekend. I can say that. Memorial. But uh, man, that was a terrible weekend to be glassing for anything. Everyone so was many out on people. dirt bikes and wheelers and razors. And- wait, wait, wait. I think we're thinking of Labor Day weekend. Is Labor Day? Is it Labor Day? Yes, yeah, Memorial Day's in May. May. Oh man, they're Ooh, the same. You always holiday. be wrong, no matter what you say. They're that's not the true. same holiday. I'm going to offend somebody with that, but. <laughs> Hey, as far as getting work off, they're <laughs> yeah, the same holiday. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I always forget which one's which, but <clears throat> but yeah, 
it was a busy weekend and and yeah a lot of people out there with no no camo or uh, no bright orange or anything whatever yeah just tromping around but that's but, public land yeah that's uh do what you do it's yeah, part of the game it is part of the game but well i mean mccade made a good point you know i was i couldn't believe how many different hunts were going on during my mom's elk hunt and Kane's like, well, no, that, that could actually benefit us because they'll get the elk moving. You could actually run into somebody else who has a different tag, and they might have seen mm-hmm. a couple bulls, and then you can like kind of ask them. And he's like, you just got to make the best out of what you think is a bad situation. I kind of so, actually like it on certain hunts when there are more people out. I, you know, I don't want like the whole mountainside covered with people. But I, I've had it work out to my advantage. In fact, in Colorado, that's how I killed a, a buck. <clears throat> it's because there were other hunters pushing the critters around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. But, you know, like, had there not been other hunters out pushing them, I might not have ever seen the deer that I shot. Yeah. So it, that's true. I, I, I do have to, to play field. I do have to admit, though, if you've ever truly been up to a location... Where there hasn't, where you haven't seen somebody, and it's only happened to me once. It is amazing how much longer deer will stay out. Yeah, it's amazing how you're talking like the remotest of yeah places. Like I, I, me and my dad hiked up to a place. We scouted a little bit, found eighteen, nineteen bucks in August. We're like, okay, we'll come back on my dad's rifle hunt. Went back up there, and because nobody had been up there, that all those bucks were still together in the middle of October. And I was like, holy crap, really? And they're, they bed in the open. They're not, and there's strips, you know, strips of pine trees everywhere. And they're just out in the open, just kind of hanging out. And I was just like, holy cow. Like this is, this is what happens when nobody Mm -hmm. gets up there. And I was in a place where I, I thought for sure there's going to be a lot of people, but there just wasn't. And it was kind of amazing to me to see, wow. And, but then opening morning we made, I screwed up on a stock. We there was a three by four that was twenty nine inches wide, and the reason why I know that is because I ended up spooking it. I was the one spooking <laughs> it into another hunter who admittedly said, "Oh yeah, I woke up late and I got here." And thank you, you know, essentially is what he said. But anyways, yeah, spooked him. Then they went into their you know escape routes, went into the trees, couldn't see him. The one kept going, and he got harvested, and so Part you still have to capitalize, even when you think you have the whole mountain to yourself, and it's going to be so easy. Then you screwed up. Dang it! Dylan did that last year, didn't he? Two years ago, he was chasing yes. that big buck, and well, he jumped a big buck that he didn't know was there. Oh yeah, and it ended up running down the mountain and harvested by a hunting guide client. Yeah, and it was a nice, it was a, it was nice a good deer. buck. Dang. It's just it's one of those things that stings, but nothing you can do about it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have the antlers on the wall, but the meat in the freezer tastes the same, I think. Unless you don't get any meat. Unless you don't get any meat. That tag tag soup's not very good. Pretty bland. Rob had that pretty good recipe for tags, though. See that? Just put them between some slider buns and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, just put this hot sauce on it. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> it works out all right. Yeah. Your body can break it down. <laughs> Gotta eat something. So we, let's see, got the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo coming up. 
Yeah. A couple weeks, actually. It's going to be the first part of February. So everybody, grab your girlfriend, dress them in the tightest clothing that you can find. Um, Low-cut shirts. Buy the the most sparkly of diamond pants. A bunch of diamonds on the pockets. Yeah. And then, and then tie the shirt and have your girlfriend go out, get her hair dyed, bleach blonde. Dyed and did. Yep. And perfume and fit right in. And then all the guys need to make sure that you wear your boots, your hunting boots. You got to wear whatever camo choice you of your preference, you know, but you got to make sure you have a vest. A nice camel vest. But Those there's are your Sika, your Kuyu, mm-hmm. your yep. Kings, mm-hmm. your First Light. It doesn't matter. Whatever you, you're fancy, put on your vest. Uh, white, white sunglasses. Um, white watches. Hats. Um, even the guys now are starting to wear the uh, fancy jeans with the oh, yeah. white stitches. The rhinestones and the, and the, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. designs on the pockets. So yeah. make sure you get those. Um, they Tied should be better. some good sales. Yeah, the pearl button up. Shirts. Oh yeah, those are like seventies like snaps yeah, open. Yeah. yeah. And don't those forget are... uh to support all of your favorite um companies with all your shirts and hats. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure yeah, everyone you, knows you show up, know. get a hat from every booth and then just walk you around right. with like a arms full of hats. And do not forget to ask for signatures. Yeah. Yep. Signatures oh, yeah. are key. Signatures are popular now. Um yeah. I wonder if the cool kid club is gonna be there again. Yeah, that's true. It was a pretty big thing last year. Yeah, there was, was like a, a high school reunion over here. Oh, <laughs> half yeah. the event was uh, the Cool Kid Club. Yeah. Now I did. I do have to Segregated. say, I waited in line to meet Cameron Haynes. Hey, that's cool. Cameron Haynes is. I, I Cameron Haynes was awesome. I was like Cameron Haynes this year. I just wanted, like, did you get a signature? I, I didn't get a signature. I just shook his hand. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Then he signed my chest. <laughs> and then you got that tattoo. No, just kidding, right. Yeah. No, but because Cameron Haynes, I've read his backcountry hunting book and and just kind of stuff like that, and then videos on YouTube. I was like, man, he makes it look so easy, and you really don't realize how hard it is, the stuff that he does, because you're like, oh, yeah, I can do it. I'm motivated. This video is motivating me. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the gym, and you try to do it, and it sucks. And then your respect level goes up for him so much higher. And so I just wanted to shake his hand and just say, hey. You're a stud and keep keep hammering like his saying is but anyways i have to admit i did do that but for the most part i like going because i want to see the animals in person that everybody's been posting from the previous year oh yeah you know everyone brings their mounts and stuff like the fire bowl and then obviously doyle moss has got some awesome animals from arizona and all over the west essentially and so that's what i like to go see it is fun yeah. to catch up with people um, that you haven't seen for a while and whatnot. You know, some some friends. That's yeah. sometimes the only time I get to see them in a year. Yeah. Like once <laughs> yeah, a year, you do see some people. I told I told my wife last year. I was like, yeah, I just I just miss the smell of the expo. It's like the <laughs> expo has a smell. It does. I'm like it, it, it really does. does. Yeah. <laughs> you go in there and it has a. a you're like, oh. It smells like I'm gonna taxidermy taxidermy and, and, and candied almonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Yep. So I was like formaldehyde and, tax- and candied mm-hmm. almonds. Oh, that was actually speaking about formaldehyde. When I saw Zeb, Zeb taxidermist, the big stuff taxidermy. Um, Zeb and Dirk, Baden. So Zeb was with me when I shot my buck, 
I'd never shot anything with velvet on it, and I didn't know the proper care. Thank goodness he was there. But we get it back to camp. He's like, you guys done with pictures? You guys done with this? He's like, okay, I'm going to cape it off the nose, and I'm going to inject it right here. Holy crap, that stuff stunk. That formaldehyde. But it was so crazy to see him find a vein, inject it, and see that formaldehyde get pushed all the way up close to the tip of the horn. And you could see that happen. Mm-hmm. You could just see it kind of bubble up and just kind of work its way up. Wow. Cause they've got big, big veins. And, um, and then Zeb being the taxidermist and caring about, cause I mean, that velvet's close to being stripped off. So I wanted to, of course, Hey, driving into Twila, this is my moment of glory. This is my moment of fame. Let's strap this thing to the back of the four wheeler and just drive down main street, seven, eight, 27 times, whatever. And Zeb's like, no, let's go to your house. Just, you know, we'll call whoever you want to come over to see it and whatever. And, and then it went right from my house that night into the freezer and did not come out until it was mounted. And that's the reason why the velvet looks so good. It's because Zeb is a good taxidermist, knows what he's doing, and obviously told me, no, you're not going to parade these horns around. He's like, you're going to dry it out. It's not going to look that good. And in fact, Jason Carter was at that expo the year after I killed it, and Kelly Cox was in the Big Stuff Taxidermy booth. And so Jason Carter, who knows Kelly, I think they're the scout leaders in Cedar City for yeah. their award. It's kind of awesome to have those two as yeah, your scout leaders. But he came over, and he couldn't, he couldn't believe how good the velvet looked. And he's like, how did you guys get this velvet to look this good? And he was like, well, because I didn't. Mess around with it. It's been in a freezer for. No, I had my taxidermist on site. Yeah, with and that's 10 really gallons what it of formaldehyde in his bag. backpack. You want to talk about the drive home from the Henry Mountains to Twila? Oh, that thing sat in my the back seat of my truck. The and, back seat. Oh my gosh, the smell of formaldehyde just the whole time. You just got the window down, and but you don't want to like dry out the velvet. But you you're just <laughs> it's like trying to find a headache. You're like I got a dead body in the back right here. <laughs> oh, it stunk so bad. It's like science class in ninth grade with the frogs. Oh, wow. You know, I'm not like a big fan of the uh, replica velvet. Like fake velvet? It's like too perfect. Yeah. No, I, I just... Yeah, it's like grass in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's just not real. Yeah, that's, yeah it's true. But yeah, they... But I, I saw some the other day, in fact, when I went into... It's been a, a few months. But when I went into Big Stuff Taxidermy, they had some... Some uh, antlers that had been sprayed with some velvet, and it actually looked a lot better than previous years. So, I mean, I think it's coming along, but... Okay. Preference. Would you rather have shot that deer in velvet or in hardhorn? Hardhorn. But when I shot it, I, I like the velvet. And it's actually cool. Last night, actually, when I was trying to dust it off, because I never dust that thing off. And I like looked, and I saw the bunch of dust on the nose, and I was like, "Oh, so." I was kind of just trying to dust the velvet off and everything, and I was like, "Man, this is actually really cool that deer do this." But the main reason for velvet isn't the velvet; it's what their their cape looks like. Mm-hmm. I hate it when their necks are super skinny and long. They look like giraffes. Yeah, they do. They're and he has a little bit of blonde. But when they're more blonde and then they're they're missing like big holes and they look they look sick. Yeah. They they're look like they are, yeah, they look like they've got a disease. So that's why I didn't want to shoot a velvet deer. And 
if you watch the video, you can hear Kelly Cox in it saying like, look, he's even, he's like so gray, just like you wanted. And you were worried about that. And, and I really was, cause I was, I was going to hold off on him. Like I, I didn't want to shoot a velvet so deer. <laughs> that would be hard. But in that, I think it was Jason Carter who talked to Kelly and said, Hey deer, some of them stick around. He said, but big deer like that, they'll disappear when they go hard horn. They'll go and start staging for their rut and whatever. So, that that kind of scared me, but then obviously there was other hunters that knew about this buck and been trying to get in on him. So I was like, okay. Would you rather shoot a, an elk hard horn or in velvet? Well, you never see velvet killed elk. It happens like the first week. I know. If anything, that's why I think if you yeah. were to shoot one, that'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool, just because the, the mass. Well, I mean if. If you were to score my deer without the velvet, I think he'd probably lose five inches automatically. Just his mass measurements would be smaller. The, they do look so much heavier with the velvet. That is true. And I used to be so against it. Like I was like, no, why would you ever do that? I want mine yeah. to be hard horn. But, man, they, they, they look cool. And especially if you can preserve it. Yeah. They look awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I think, well, I think you get some... The old adage, you see the old school photos, every deer was killed hard-horned. Yeah. And so I think that's the image. It's like a classic thing. Yeah. yeah. What's classic your preference? I, I agree with Zach. I think they look sick most of the time when they're velvety. You know, like the, the cape doesn't look very good. And I've been wanting to save like a whole leather, you know, and do some of that. So I I, I prefer hard horn. I also like the look of the hard one a lot, but you're right. Like, I don't know, a good, well-taxidermied velvet is pretty sweet. This is very sweet. Would you, so, say you shot one, the velvet, but it had, like, been in the process of scraping, you know, they're hanging dreads everywhere. Would you try to mount it like that, or would you clean it up? Like, have them strip the velvet? I think I would mount it how I shot it. Whatever he looked like, if you could preserve it that way, that's how I would keep him. Yeah. Just for like- the memory. Yeah, it's like that part of it, but I don't. It looks so dirty too. It's like I'd I'd be tempted to just strip all that off. Yeah, yeah. It probably depends on is he halfway stripped? Is he three quarters of the way stripped? What what's going on? Because I mean, I there's some good, not some good friends, some friends that I knew down in St. George when I was going to school, and they were be offended when they hear this. They were (laughs) awesome, awesome bow hunters, and this kid, 140 pounds, soaking wet. Um. Always oh, kill massive deer on the on the bow hunt, and he killed like a nine by seven buck, and one of his cheaters had broke, and it's all flopping, you know. And but the taxidermist is like, well, if you just kind of put it in place, it'll harden that way, and it did. It's like, whoa! After he killed it, yeah, after really? he killed it, it just kind of dried, and, and I mean, it was really fragile, but it actually kind of stayed that's up. That's crazy. There. But that's what he told me. I mean, I've never really asked anybody else, but. So it, I don't know. I for me, it's it's the cape, but it's like Zeb always said. Well, you can buy another cape. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you if you see that big of a deer and you don't shoot, I mean, yeah, like I said last time, so many people were pissed off that I had shot that buck already. <laughs> and why would you shoot that deer your first day of your hunt? And I'm like, oh, why would you let it walk? Yeah. But whatever, to everyone their own. So my elk that big stuff's mounting up. I was just going to do the European mount originally, and then they Eddie talked me into 
full mounting it uh, because he told me to give me a cape. And but I'm I'm kind of like torn. Like I, there's this like sick part of me. Like I'm just like that's not going to be his cape. It's not yeah. going to be the bull I shot. That's not. Him. And so I'm really worried about how he's going to look because elk look different. I do wherever yeah. they're at. You know, like some are like really dark and some are really light. Mm-hmm. And their mane looks different. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just yeah. It depends on the time of year you kill it. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. It's like a it's like a Frankenstein bull at that point. Well, like my dad with his bull, his his bull was missing. He had like two or three broken points, and he, I think my dad had one fixed, but he left the other two broken. Zeb was kind of like, "Why not fix it? We have pictures. We know exactly what he looked like, how big he was." And I was like, "No, because that's him. He he earned those breaks, kind of thing." And then he yeah. had a bunch of scars on his nose and on his snout, and that's just cool. kind of throughout. And Zeb wanted to cut him out, or he asked my dad, "He's like, you want him to cut him?" My dad's like, "No." That's him. I that's what gives him his too. personality. Cool. And same with my dad's bear. He's like, leave him, leave all the scars. And Zeb's like, well, if I leave them all, he's going to look horrible because he had a big old gash in his neck and it was infected. Oh. And, but all the other ones, like he had some, you know, some bite marks on his snout and some different stuff. And so, I mean, now it's mounted 12 feet in the air. Can't really see Vaulted that. ceilings, <laughs> you can't see it. But my dad, my dad is all about just like, my dad doesn't care. And I was like, huh, whatever. That was the animal you shot. It's like that piece of nostalgia that goes along with that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's what's cool about the pedestal mount too, is you can put different vegetation on it to represent the area you killed it in. And so, yeah, taxidermy's come a long way. Didn't you get a cool pedestal picked out? I thought I saw a photo you posted or something of that. Trying to make my own. Yeah. How are you? How is that coming? It's not. Got a girlfriend. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try <laughs> All something. All your goals have changed. I'm going to try priorities. something different. My, the pedestal that we we cut, it's really low. And I I don't know. kind of nervous about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little too low. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. I want to... My dad got a chainsaw Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we're, go cut one. I want to go find something maybe. Which we could go do now because there's no friggin' snow. So. Yeah, let's go get you a pedestal, dude. Yeah, but I got, I really want Zeb to be there so he can tell me if it'll work or not. Yeah, about it because I don't know. But I'm ready to get it done because I haven't seen that bull since I shot it. <laughs> they have their horns and everything. Dang, they they like it when you leave your horns. But I always tell them like, no, I want to keep them just so I can have them. But yeah. Well, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's not bad. Good, good. Uh, we went through a lot of stuff. One. Yeah, we really didn't focus on too much. Just different topics. Good convo. Best thing about today is my ears feel amazing still. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, my airline pilot. You know, you my clearly. Yeah, it's nice. I think this will be good for going forward and getting Jay Z on and yeah. everyone in the future. 